0: reading is from the book of Deuteronomy. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, To keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. (coughs) Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it that it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul and with all thy might And these words which i command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house when thou walkest in the way when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. and Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon thy gates. This is the word of the Lord. This evening's reading, Beloved in the Lord, contains the text known in Jewish piety as the Shema, here. In Hebrew, it sounds like this. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. V'hapkata et l'Adonai Eloeka, v'bekol lebabka, v'bekol nafshakha, v'bekol modeka. Now the King James Version, which I just read you a minute ago, the text is, we'll do it one more time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart. We always think of love as a function of the heart, don't we? To love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Let's see some more about that tonight. This formulation summarizes the core and essence of the revelation to Israel. Indeed, it formed a structure of the earliest forms of the Christian faith. Thus, St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians. For us, there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom ourselves we recognize in this brief formula the beginning of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father, and one Lord, Jesus Christ. Now because God is one, according to Deuteronomy, the human being must be one. His soul must not be divided, his heart must not be portioned out. So the moral and spiritual inference is spelled out in the Shema itself. Because God is one, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. This evening, I planned to elaborate only on the third point of this injunction. <coughs> there are no particular problems with the first two points. The words for, with all thy heart, in Hebrew, are bakol lababka, translated into Greek as ex holis tis kardiasu, here the cardiac in there, hmm? holis tis kardiasu. The words, for with all thy soul, in Hebrew, are v'kol naf-shaka, nafshaka, nefesh, nafshaka, translated into Greek as ex holis, tis, su, as in psychology, psychiatry. The Hebrew words "leb" and nefesh appear everywhere in the Bible and are always translated, I think, have are always translated as kardia and psiki. This is not the case with respect to the third component of the Deuteronomic Injunction, with all my strength. That is not the case. Just what does it mean that we are to love God with all our strength? There are three points to be made on this question. First, the expression, with all thy strength, does not appear in the original Hebrew. It comes rather from the Greek translation made by the rabbis in Alexandria, in the third century before Christ. This text reads Ex holis tis dinamios su, dinamios su. You hear the word dinamis in there? Dinamis? Dinamios, the genitive of dinamis, with all thy strength. Um, I remember, didn't I? Didn't I used to yell out to you all dinamis once in a while during the service? Is, is that am I forgetting? I think I did, from time to time when you weren't singing loud enough. I yelled out, Dennis! And then you sing louder. This is not, however, what the Hebrew text says. It says, rather, the call Pardon me. Modakah. modica. We are to love the Lord our God with all our Mahod. So, what in the world is our Mahod? Point two. When this word Mahod is used in the Hebrew Bible, it normally appears not as a noun, but as a mod- modifier very often as an adverb. What do we do with that? You're to love God with all your adverb. What is that adverb? Your whole adverb, not just partial adverb. We think about it for a minute. We use nouns In English all the time is adverbs. We do. If I say, I went down to the car dealership the other day and I found a great deal, that's a noun and a modifier, great deal, right? But if I say, I love you a great deal, it's an adverb. Modifier is a verb. Hebrew does this in reverse. Hebrew will use an adverb as a noun. I know you all got rumored that I was going to talk about this tonight, that's why you all showed up. Indeed, the very first time we find the word in sacred scripture, it modifies the adjective good. And you're very familiar with this text. You don't may write it now, might not realize, but you're very familiar with this text. The expression appears toward the end of the sixth day of creation. But the sacred text tells us, and God saw everything that he had made, and it was very good. Very good. This is our word, tov, ma'od. Tov, of course, is, is, uh, means good. It appears all through that creation account. God saw that it was good. Last day, very good. We simply translate the ma'od here as very. So what in the world could it possibly mean for us to love God with all of our ma'od? See, the purpose of this sermon tonight is to help you get your ma'od together. <laughs> the expression cannot be put into good English, no more that it can be translated literally into Greek. It's simply too idiomatic to the Hebrew language. The best we can do with ma'od is to explain it. And this brings us to point three. What does it mean to love the Lord our God with a whole ma'od? For this, I turn to one of my favorite biblical scholars, the medieval French rabbi Shlomo Jitsaki, commonly known by the acronym Rashi. Rashi was born in the city of Troyes, on the 22nd of February, 1040 and died there on the 13th of July in 1105. Rashi was the greatest biblical and Talmudic scholar of his age and one of the greatest literary scholars of all time. In contrast to most French authors of his day, (coughs) who wrote in Latin, Rashi was also one of the first authors to write in Old French, his normal everyday speech. He was writing in common French, along with Hebrew, more than two centuries before Dante wrote in common Italian. In consequence, Rashi's work is valued even today for the study of the language and the culture of Northern France in the 11th century. There's a great monument to Rashi in the middle of the city. It was put there back when they finally discovered that there was a Jewish cemetery right in the middle of the square. Few years ago, gold in my ear went and put another plaque there. It's, I was younger then. Rashi. Rashi was not only a great scholar. He was, in some respects, a man ahead of his times. For instance, Rashi devoted much of his life and energy to the education of his three daughters, at a time when very few European women were even literate. There were women sitting on thrones in Europe who could not read and write. All three of Rashi's daughters could. Two of those daughters became major rabbinic scholars. So then what does Rashi have to say about the word ma'od as it appears here in Deuteronomy? Allow me to quote his own commentary on the text. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, says Deuteronomy, and Rashi explains, perform his commandments out of love. The One who acts out of love, cannot be compared to one who acts out of fear. We do not observe the commandments of God out of fear. that's, That's so clear in the scriptures. Rashi goes on. If one serves his master out of fear, when the master sets a great burden upon him, the servant will leave him and go away. Whereas if out of love he will serve him, even under a great burden. Now with respect to Bakol Ma'otka, Rashi understands this to mean everything good that we have at our disposal. Our very muchness, Everything we have good at our disposal. Rashi says, "There are those whose means are more precious to them than their bodies. We, I think we've all met people like that. You know, I've I told the story of the man who was all upset because his car had been sideswiped. It was not at all not at all concerned that his arm had been torn off. And I pointed that out to him. He says, oh no, my Rolex. (laughs) Rashi goes on. Rashi goes on. Therefore it says, with all thy ma'od, and he translates it as means. With all thy means. You shall love the Lord God with whatever measure he meets out to you. Says Rashi. All that we have comes from God. And God expects from each of us a service proportionate to the means at our disposal. To love God with all our strength means that we love God according to our strengths. The innate talents. He has conferred upon us the measure of our education and our skills. All these things come from God. They are our means. Although we should fear God, fear must not determine the measure of our service. We must hold nothing back from the service of God. If we love him with all our hearts and minds, we must love him with everything else he has put at our disposal. Perhaps then the best English translation of "maod" as it appears in this text, is means. In the particular sense of means at our disposal. That is to say we love God and serve God with what we have. It is impossible for us to love and serve God with what we don't have. All our lives are circumscribed with limitation, beloved of the Lord. If you tell a child he can be whatever he wants to be, you've done that child a great disservice. You're simply lying to that child. He cannot be all he wants to be. As soon as I was born, the doctor would want to look at me and said, he's never going to be a mother. <laughs> Although nowadays, I'm not sure the doctor would have the nerve to say that. All our lives are limited. What any of us can be is circumscribed by a thousand limitations. We love God. We serve God. We give ourselves to God as best we can with what we have at our disposal. I'm thinking this evening of two gospel stories that illustrate this truth. Each story is about an individual woman. Both stories are about events that take place during the final week of Jesus' life. On Tuesday of that week, according to the Gospel of Mark, on Tuesday of Jesus' final week, he observes a poor widow who loves the Lord her God with all her ma'od, all her means. Her means are limited to two small coins. Coins so insignificant, St. Mark tells us, it takes two of them to make up the smallest coin minted by the Roman government, the quadrons, the quarter. To this day, we still speak of a quarter as two bits. Or do we? In my time, we did. These two coins were the woman's total assets. Every last scrap of her ma'od. But she loved the Lord her God with all of it. The second woman makes her appearance on the following day, on Wednesday, of the last week of the life of Jesus. Her means her ma'ode is a bit more substantial. Mark tells us, in being in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, as Jesus sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. that she broke the flask and poured it out on his head. This was her own ma'od. It was of this gift that Jesus said, O Eskin, Epiason. O Eskin, what she had. O Eskin, what she had. Epiason, she did. Like the earlier woman with two coins, she loved the Lord her God with all her means. Amen. Amen.